part two chapter nine of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatria in bangor maine part two first love and legal marriage chapter nine the relations of marya alexievna to lopukhov resemble a farce marya alexievna's character is exposed by them in a ridiculous way both these facts are quite against my will if i had wanted to preserve a high standard of art i should have concealed marya alexievna's relations to lopukhov the description of which gives this part of my story the nature of a vaudeville to hide them would have been easy the essential element of the matter could have been expressed without them would it have been at all surprising if the tutor even if he had not entered into this friendship with marya alexievna had found occasion sometimes though seldom to say a few words with the daughter of a family where he is giving lessons does it take many words to engender love there was no need of marya alexievna putting in a hand to help along this result which was brought about by the meeting of yerochka with lopukhov but i am telling this story not as it would be necessary if i wanted to win an artistic reputation but simply in accordance with the facts as a novelist i am very sorry because i have written several pages which are on the low level of a vaudeville my design of relating the case as it was and not as it would have been if i had followed my inclinations also causes me another unpleasantness i am very much dissatisfied because marya alexievna is represented in a ridiculous way with her conceptions of lopukhov's bride as he described her with her fantastic guessing about the contents of the books which lopukhov gave yerochka with her reasoning about philippe egalite trying to convert folks to the faith of the pope and her ideas of the works written by king louis the fourteenth every one is liable to error mistakes may be stupid if a man judges of matters which are foreign to his experience but it would be unjust to conclude from these stupid blunders made by marya alexievna that her disposition to lopukhov was founded entirely on these blunders not at all not for a moment would any fantastic ideas of a rich bride or the goodness of philippe egalite have obscured her common sense if in lopukhov's actual words and actions had anything suspicious been noticeable but in point of fact he behaved himself in such a way that according to marya alexievna's opinion only a man after her own heart could behave himself now here was a brave young man who did not allow his eyes to gaze impudently at a very pretty young girl he did not pay her ambiguous attentions he was always willing to play cards with marya alexievna he never said that he would rather sit with vira pavlovna he discussed matters in a spirit that seemed to marya alexievna in accordance with her own spirit like her he said that everything in the world is done for self-interest that when a cheat cheats there is no need of getting excited and crying out about the principles of honesty which such a cheat is bound to observe that a cheat is not a cheat without good reason that he was made such by his environment that not to be a cheat leaving aside the impossibility of not being a cheat would have been stupid that is simply foolish on his part yes marya alexievna was right when she found a resemblance between her and lopukhov i appreciate how deeply lopukhov is compromised in the eyes of the civilized public by the sympathy shown by marya alexievna in his way of thinking 
but i do not want to flatter any one and i don't conceal this circumstance though it is so injurious to lopukhov's reputation although i confess that it was in my power to conceal lopukhov's relations with the rozalsky family i will say even more i myself will even undertake to explain that he even actually deserved marya alexyevna's good will in point of fact it appears from the conversation between lopukhov and vierotchka that the style of his thinking would far more easily seem good to people of marya alexyevna's stamp than to eloquent partisans of various beautiful ideas lopukhov saw things in exactly the same light as they appear to the great mass of the human race with the exception of the partisans of beautiful ideas if marya alexyevna could repeat with satisfaction what she herself had heard of lopukhov's advice to vierotchka in regard to storeshnikov's offer he likewise would take satisfaction in adding right to her drunken confession to vierotchka the resemblance between their conceptions was so striking that enlightened and noble novelists journalists and other instructors of our public would long ago have declared that people of lopukhov's stamp differ in no respect from people of marya alexyevna's stamp if such enlightened and noble writers so understand lopukhov's stamp could we really condemn marya alexyevna because she could find in lopukhov nothing but what our best writers teachers and philosophers find in people of his stamp of course if marya alexyevna had known half of what these writers knew she would have had sufficient cause to understand that lopukhov is bad company for her but aside from the fact that she was an uneducated woman she has still another excuse for mistake lopukhov did not give her the full benefit of his ideas he was a propagandist but not such an one as the lovers of fine ideas who are always anxious to give marya alexyevna the benefit of the noble conceptions by which they themselves are enlightened he had enough good sense not to try to straighten a fifty-year-old tree they both accepted facts in the same way and so discussed them like a man with a theoretical education he could draw from facts such conclusions as were impossible to marya alexyevna and her similars who do not know anything beyond personal everyday cares and current aphorisms of popular wisdom proverbs sayings and the folklore which is old archaic and even stale but they could never reach his conclusions if for instance he had begun to explain what he meant by the word self-interest which he used when talking with vierotchka marya alexyevna would have made a grimace seeing that self-interest as he understood it was not the same as self-interest as she understood it but lopukhov did not explain this to marya alexyevna and neither was there any explanation of it in his talk with vierotchka because vierotchka knew the meaning of the word as she had seen it used in those books which started the conversation of course it is also true that while saying you are right to marya alexyevna's drunken confession lopukhov would have added to the word right these words according to your own confession marya alexyevna the new order of things is much better than the old and i have nothing against those who are trying to make the reform and get pleasure out of it but as far as the stupidity of the people is concerned which you regard as a hindrance against the new order then of course i must agree with you but you yourself will not deny marya alexyevna that people soon get educated and they see that it is to their advantage to do what before they could not see any need of doing you will also agree that hitherto they have had no way of learning sense and reason 
but give them this possibility and why of course they will take advantage of it but he never went as far as this in speaking with marya alexyevna and that too not from carefulness though he was very careful but simply from the very good reason of his common sense and politeness which also prevented him from talking to her in latin and from tiring her ears with arguments about the latest advances in medicine though such subjects were interesting to him he possessed so much politeness and delicacy that he would not torment a person with declamations which are not understood by that person now while i say all this to justify marya alexyevna's oversight in not finding out in time what sort of man lopukhov really was i don't say it to justify lopukhov himself to justify lopukhov would not be the right thing and why it would not be the right thing you will see as you go on those who could not justify him but yet from their sense of humanity would forgive could not forgive him for instance they might allege for his excuse that he was a medical man and was occupied with natural sciences and that disposes to a materialistic view but such an excuse is very poor there are very many sciences that lead to such a view aren't there mathematical and historical and political and many others of all sorts but are all geometricians astronomers all historians political economists lawyers journalists and all other scientific people materialists not by a long chalk consequently lopukhov is not to be excused for his fault those who sympathize with him but do not justify him could also say for his excuse that he is not entirely lacking in praiseworthy characteristics he made up his mind conscientiously and resolutely to renounce all material advantages and honors so as to work for the benefit of others finding that the pleasure to be derived from such work was most beneficial for him he looked at a girl who was so beautiful that he fell in love with her with purer eyes than if she had been his sister but in reply to this excuse for his materialism it must be said that it is universally true that there is no man so depraved as not to show some signs of good and that materialists of whatever character remain materialists still and this itself proves decidedly that they are immoral and degraded people who cannot be excused because to excuse them would be to encourage materialism and so while not justifying lopukhov it is also impossible to excuse him and to justify him is also not the right thing because the lovers of fine ideas and the defenders of higher aspirations who have declared that materialists are low and immoral people in these later days have so thoroughly recommended themselves in the matter of sense and also in the matter of character in the eyes of all respectable people whether materialists or not that to defend anybody from their censure has become a work of supererogation and to pay heed to their words has become even unseemly end of part two chapter nine recording by expatriate in bangor maine